You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. All right, welcome to it. This is Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. You know, we should. I'm going to have to create my own. This is Chewing the Fat. Chewing the Fat. Nah, I don't like that. Welcome to the show. How you doing? It's Wednesday. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I've been doing nothing but pre-eating to uh, be get myself prepared for Thanksgiving. But uh, just a warning, um, you know, last week we told you that uh, Geno Turkey was recalling some of their ground-up turkey. Well, now the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is warning people across the U.S. not to eat romaine lettuce. Has an outbreak of E. coli again. And you're thinking to yourself, we just had that, right? Yeah, we sure did. 32 people in 11 states have been affected with E. coli this round so far, okay? They're telling people to throw away any romaine lettuce that they already have in their homes. And remember the one earlier this year, that's the one you're thinking of. That only killed five people. Don't worry about that. All right, but right now we don't have any deaths from this breakout, but 32 people have been affected across the country in 11 states. We've got to do something about maybe we provide better restroom facilities for the people in the lettuce fields. Just a thought, because that seems to be a problem that we're struggling with, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Now, of course, it's before Thanksgiving, so we have to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what people think are the best side dishes across the country and regions. And I saw this one survey that uh, I saw Chris Cruz, uh, the producer, I guess that's his title for a chewing the fat, uh, tweeted out, and uh, it shows uh, the side dishes of America's regions, okay? Now, 931 people responded, so I'm not sure, you know, how much we put our stock in it for 538, but it breaks the country down. Now, in the Northeast, the common side dish is squash. I mean, we used to have that. I mean, I lived, I grew up in Michigan. Um, as as a kid, and squash was was on the table. They say in Michigan, and whether you consider Michigan the Northwest or the North, um, you know, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, Chicago, Wisconsin, the side dishes rolls and biscuits. Well, duh, you always have rolls and biscuits on Thanksgiving. But then you start moving a little bit farther west, North Central Midwest America. The Dakotas, you get into green beans casserole. I mean, a green bean casserole, everybody has green bean casserole, don't they? I mean, that's, I mean this is when the ground-up fried onion mix makes their fortune. And then you get out west, all right, and almost west from from Texas and the Dakotas, all the way to the west is salad, <laughs> oh, first of all, yes, there are many of Thanksgiving uh, dinners and tables that have salad on it, but that's not a side dish. Sorry, especially now. 
Because if it's made with romaine lettuce, throw it out. No, thank you. I don't want any of your Thanksgiving E. coli. You get down into Texas, and are you looking at Texas, Oklahoma? What is that? Louisiana, Arkansas, cornbread. Yeah, I used to have a little bit of cornbread when I was living in Florida. Well, you know, down south in Florida, we had cornbread, and but there were still rolls and biscuits. Then you get over here to the south and the southeast, and it's a big chunk of the country that says the main side dish is mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. I don't recall ever having macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving. Now, my wife makes a you know several different versions of homemade macaroni and cheese, which is tremendous. Um, there's a, there's an old spouse of mine named Kraft that makes a pretty good mac and cheese. They have the best fresh powdered cheese in America. Is that, and that is real cheese, right? I mean, it's made with real cheese. No, it is. I think it says so right on the box. And, uh, you can get the Velveeta and cheese. You can get the Kraft dinner mac and cheese, which is a little bit different than the four cheeses. So there's several different brands. When I was broke, and I mean broke, I was living on a Madeira Beach, Florida. I had zero money. I was living in this one-bedroom hole across from the public access beach. So I got the, I'd open up my door. I had the view of the beach and the ocean. That was you know what I was paying for in my apartment. I lived on shells and cheddar and mac and cheese Win Dixie brand, thrifty made shells and cheddar. I lived on those. I could not, that's all I could afford, man. Once in a while, I'd break down and say, Well, I'm going to have a can of soup. But you had to have that box of shells and cheddar. Now, the powdered mix that comes with the thrifty made shells and cheddar, that might not be real cheese. But the cheese that comes in the craft, that's real. But I'm looking at this, and aside from the salad, and everybody has a little bit of some kind of salad on their Thanksgiving, but green bean casserole, rolls and biscuits, squash, cornbread, mac and cheese. Maybe that's why I'm a little overweight, but all of these items were on our table. Possible. That led to the reasoning of, Jeff, maybe you ought to you know, cut down a little bit. But then I see another little layout of what the favorite Thanksgiving pie is on the table, you know, across the country, breaking up into regions. And it looks like um, south is key, is key lime. All right, now that's a Florida thing. Key lime pie is a Florida thing. I think that's even the state pie, but it doesn't mean that it's good. Everybody rants and raves about it because it's key lime pie and you're supposed to like it. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to like it. You eat a piece, a little sliver, and you go, oh, that's great. It's key lime pie. Isn't it wonderful? Um, Yeah, let me have that apple pie over there. Then you move up to a a big chunk of the middle, coconut cream. Oh, you know, okay. I like coconut cream. Uh, Pecan pie in the Northeast. Then you start looking at the center swath of the country up into uh, uh, the Dakotas and across a little bit of the central part of the country, blackberry pie, which is okay. I mean, I'd rather have blueberry. And then you get out west, up north, and then the west, and then swing back underneath blackberry back into Texas, you get sweet potato pie. Uh, I mean, okay. 
But really, they don't have they don't have strawberry rhubarb, which was always I would tell huge. You it's, you know not what you speak when Chris Cruz tells me a strawberry rhubarb pie is not a pie. That's why they that's why it's called a strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, I mean, it's a pie. But there's no uh, there's no 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 apple. Where's the, the apple pie? The, oh, the apple pie. That's a, a pumpkin. That's America. Pumpkin pie. This was made just to make people fight. That's all this thing did. They just broke it. They didn't even try. They just don't put pumpkin and don't put apple and people will be pissed. Last time I checked, uh, apple pie is America. You uh, live it at the window and everybody from the neighborhood smells it. Ooh, Miss Mar just made some apple pie for the whole neighborhood. Yeah, that was in cartoons. That doesn't happen in real life. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah that doesn't happen in real life. In the cartoons, you see the smell of the apple pie in the air, and then people come. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. But everybody has an apple pie. Everybody has a pumpkin pie. And, I mean, some places might buy a pumpkin pie, say, like when you're shopping on Sunday or Monday, and then you realize by Tuesday that it's gone. So you may have to go purchase another one. I'm not saying my house was one of those. Because you realize, boy, I haven't had pumpkin pie in a long time. And it looked really good. And it was delicious. But now I don't want it anymore. But i got to have a pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. But I remember strawberry strawberry rhubarb pie. And I never, I mean, rhubarb is kind of like a, a celery bush plant that grows along the side of garages all across the door. You don't really want to eat it on your own. But you put it in a pie and it's fine. Blueberry pies, though, good. But apple pies, I mean, apple is, apples are the, the only fruit that's, born, that's grown in every state in America. Every state in the United States grows apples. That's what makes apples American. So you have to have an, a, an apple pie. It doesn't matter. No, there are different, obviously, there are different apples. You have different, little, different, different tart levels of apples for your pies. But, I mean, a warm apple pie with apples that are cooked, not crispy cooked with uh, a plate or a scoop of ice cream on top of it I mean what how more American is that do you put caramel on top some people put caramel some people put cheese I'm not big on the cheese I love cheese but not an apple pie but caramel oh yeah I love I love caramel on anything you put caramel on top of turkey and whatever I don't care we made caramel turkey this year okay that's fine. And speaking of new ways to make turkey, of course, uh, Cheetos wants to get in on the game. They've got the hot Cheetos turkey. He's going to spice up Thanksgiving. So now you can take the uh, you take the hot turkey uh, in an oven bag, which actually those oven bags cook a turkey pretty good. Don't tell my wife that. She'll say, okay, I got it. But I've been to places that have cooked turkeys in an oven bag. They're pretty good. They're not as good as mine. I know. Yes, I know, baby. I know they're not as good as yours. Yes, they are. But you take the hot Cheetos and you crunch them up and you put some butter and some oil on it and you rub it all over the top of the turkey, just like you would, just like you do butter, you know, with the turkey now. Um, you know, you just rub it all over the turkey and then you put it in the bag and then you have that hot Cheeto crunch on the turkey. Yeah, but it doesn't sound that bad, actually. Just like Glenn did, you know, as good. he was trying to play Trump, right? Just like Glenn did. If you're referring to the Glenn Beck radio program that Pat 
Stu, myself, and Glenn did with Cheetos on our face. Yes, that's correct. Glenn was the only one that took the heat for it, though. Hot Cheetos, face, heat. That was a little bit of a joke there for you. So uh, anyway, there's other ways you, they they can also tell you 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 know there's other they have different other spicy coatings you could put on your turkey. Look, it's, you cook it any way you want. Just don't you know you want to get it in there. I remember something has happened. Something has happened to the cooking of turkeys, and I don't know what it is. But when I was a kid, it used to take like 18 days to cook a turkey. Okay, so they put the turkey in the oven, and you had to wait like. 18 days for it to be done. My wife puts it in the oven. You know, my mom used to have to get up in the morning and we'd make giant bowls of stuffing or dressing or whatever you want to call it that you shove in the turkey. And so you had extra because you got to have extra stuffing. Okay. And I remember when, I remember when we first moved into one house, we had two ovens. We were like kings. I love that stove too because it had the oven on the bottom. And the oven on the top, and the range pulled out. So you, when it when it was closed, it only showed two uh, two areas to cook on. But you could pull it out, boom, and you've got four. Right, it was such a cool oven. But we were like kings, so you had two because you used to have to make. We had to put the turkey in forever. Yeah, I remember my dad put it in the night before. Yes, and now my wife gets up now and puts it in. It's done. Impossible. How's that? How's that happen? Something has happened. They are juicing the turkeys. Oh yeah, they Something are. Something is happening. Something has happened because I, I, I seriously, I remember having to wait forever. We have to put the turkey in the at four o'clock in the morning. We couldn't eat yes. till four in the afternoon. We had everything else done. Now my wife gets up, throws it in the oven. Eh, it'll be ready at noon. What? I. It's just something that's going. There should be an investigation on what's happening in the turkey world. I'll tell you that. And of course, it's Black Friday, right? Coming up, and uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a uh, a big, huge Black Friday kind of guy that we're going to get up early and go shopping all day. But I do remember, you know, back in the day. We'd all get together for Thanksgiving, have the big family Thanksgiving, and I mean, you know, the whole kit and caboodle of family. And then they'd all, you know, we'd all pack up and you'd clean up and do the leftover and leave. But the next morning, my grandpa and grandpa and my aunt and my cousins would all come to the house and pick up my mom. And, it's, you know, it's, it's daybreak again. I mean, the sun is maybe just breaking the plane. Black Friday shopping. And they wouldn't come back until the evening with a car full of bag full of clothes and goods and presents and everything. You know what I say to that? Amazon.com. It doesn't need to be Cyber Monday. It needs to be Cyber any day. Amazon.com. I mean, it's embarrassing. I pulled in my neighborhood yesterday, all right? And there's a there's a postal service truck delivering mail. Uh, one street. One street. I turn the corner. Choo. I'm in my neighborhood, mail truck, delivering mail, directly opposite of the Postal Service Jeep that's about, I don't know, made in 1810, barely chugging along on the road, is the Amazon van, Mercedes-Benz, with the Amazon logo on it. I mean, if I'm a postal worker, I'm like, come on, give me a break. I, I might actually just slam into it. Oops. 
sorry, didn't mean to do that. But there's plenty of places you can shop online, of course. You know, I mean, uh, Wallet Hub did a big survey um, for looking for the biggest Black Friday discounts. They examined 7,000 Black Friday deals, all right, uh, at 35 popular retailers. Uh, the top places uh, for deep discounts are Belk, JCPenney, Stage and Kohl's, all of which offer average discounts of 60 to 70%. It's not bad. Um, shoppers searching for apparel and accessories this Black Friday or luck retail items like sweaters, slacks, shoes, get the dig- biggest discounts. And some of the best places to shop for clothes, uh, Myers, the Meyer Thrifty Acres up north, it's uh, They've become they're almost like the Walmart of the North, you know. Um, average discounts of sixty four percent. J C Penney sixty three percent. Belk sixty two percent. So that's quite a bit. I mean, that's a that's a good that's good savings. Now this was surprising. The survey recommended a Lenovo and J C Penney for computers and phones. That makes me nervous because my wife is a big fan of the Lenovo computers. Makes me a little nervous. And, uh, oh look what I found on sale. See, there's a trick between, like, you, if somebody were to come to you and say, hey, I've got this Lamborghini for 50% off, that still makes it a $100,000 car. I know that it's a good deal, and it's 50% off, but it's still a $100,000 car. <laughs> so the average discounts at Walmart and Target were lower than many others, uh, 30 to 35%. Uh, discounts not as low as other popular retailers like Big Lots, Sam's Club, Ace Hardware. Discounts hovered around 20%. You got to be careful at Sam's Club. I'm a member of Sam's Club, and I like Sam's Club. But, you know, they're in business to make money, just like other places. And where they get you is there's an opportunity to say, you know, over here you've just saved a bunch of money. But this product over here that we really want you to buy, you're not saving a thing. In fact, we're going to go ahead and charge you more. But the one thing I do love about today's world is uh, the apps. You order, drive in, they have it ready for you, throw it in the back of your car, you're gone. You don't have to go in the store. Now, I like the experience of going in the store and talking to the employees and seeing other people. I personally like that. I don't mind that at all. But it is a nice convenience to not have to worry about it. One of the problems, though, that I'm finding with these uh, box stores and their pickup plan. You get their app and you order and you pick up. They say, uh, you know, possible same-day delivery or same-day pickup, all that stuff. Yeah, it's a same-day pickup. If you ordered three days, you know, if so many people are using it now that they're backed up. So if I were to, say, order from Sam's as an example, let's say a Friday afternoon, and I want to pick it up Saturday morning, there's not a chance I can pick that up Saturday morning. They, we'll have that ready for you by 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night. Uh, now, why don't you just hire somebody else and load up the stores? Be nice. Okay, just hire somebody else. Because when you go shopping in the Sam's Club now, many of the people you see wandering around picking up items are the people working for Sam's <laughs> picking up the picking up the goods for the people that uh, have ordered online. I love it. I love it. And there are plenty of gifts you can get people for under a hundred bucks. I know look, it's just, it's that time of year, right? So you want to, you want to, you want to get, you have to buy gifts for people that you don't really want to buy gifts for. I mean, you want to buy gifts for them, but 
you don't want to spend a lot of money on them. And so let's say you got to spend, you know, under a hundred bucks. That's your budget under a hundred bucks. So they've got, I look at this list here of things that you can purchase for under a hundred bucks for people. And I wasn't looking at this because of you, Chris. I was just looking at this for, you know, possibly for the listeners of the podcast, please. Um, don't look at me like under a hundred bucks. I'm going to sell more than a hundred bucks. Pour over coffee maker. One of the things that I like to do when you give a gift, though, even if it's under a hundred bucks, you want to give something that you hope the people are going to use, right? You don't just go and get them a gift and say, oh, here's a gift for under a Merry Christmas. And we don't care if it goes on the shelf or whatever. Do you have, do you have a pour over coffee maker? Do you know what that is? You get the little vet, the little uh, the little container, and you put the filter in, and you pour the hot water over the over the grounds, and it drops into the little vase. And you've got your little coffee, and it's all good and good as a single handed thing. You know, we have one, but we've never used it. You know why? Because we have an American coffee maker that makes multiple cups in one thing, and I say an American coffee maker made in China. So. I don't know. I don't see what the what the cute little thing is for the pour-over coffee maker. But if you like it, go ahead. You can have cooking classes, work bags. You know, those are easy gifts, right? The one of the one of the things that was on this list that I thought that's a good gift is a cheese board. Not only do you get cheese, but you get the big marble or pretty wooden cutting board with it. People are going to use that forever. Something that you're going to use. Now I can give you. This has nothing to do with. Um, you can get chocolate, jackets, wallets, all that kind of leather work stuff that uh, you know is nice and people will use whatever that whatever whatever it is because people like that kind of stuff. One of the things that I do though as a gift, if you don't know what to get someone, now I'm going to tell you this, and I shouldn't tell you this because this is a special gift that I give, and nobody usually gives this as a gift, so. I'm going to tell you this, but I don't want you to give it. I just want you to think about it because this is a gift that I want to give. When you don't know what to get someone, even as a housewarming present or you, you, they've just moved into a new place. They've just got, they've just got a, they've just sold their house with real estate agents. I trust.com. They've just bought a new house with real estate agents. I trust.com. They're celebrating. They're bringing you over. They want you to have a little party. It's a quasi Thanksgiving, Christmas housewarming party. So everybody gets a gift and you're having fun. You're having a good time. You know what the gift is? A plunger. You give them a nice, encompassed, all-in-one case plunger. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what happens? They use it for years. Now, they may not think of you every time they use that plunger, but I'm sure that the people that I give it to think of me every time they use the plunger. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) So the other day, I'm... uh, I'm out here at Mercury Studios and just wandering around, and I see Burgess Owens wandering around the building. And I said, hey, Burgess, good to see you. What are you doing here? Oh, I was just, uh, you know, I dropped off my daughters. I'm driving across the country on my own. I got nothing to do. I thought I'd stop in and see if anything's going on here. I mean, he's Burgess Owens. So I said, well, yeah, we want to talk to you. Hello. You, I mean, 
you've got nothing else to do. I've got nothing else to do. Let's sit down and chat a little while. BurgessOwensTalks.com. That's the site you need to visit. But on top of that, you need to be uh, fortunate, as I am, to have Burgess Owens sitting next to you. And since you're not that fortunate, I thought I would let him join you anyway. Uh, Burgess, good to see you. Same here. Looking forward Thank to it. Thank you so much Once for again. coming on today. I really appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Um, your, uh, your latest book, uh, Why I Stand, uh, From Freedom to the Killing Fields of Socialism. <laughs> Man, that sounds... Uh, what is it like? Eighty chapters, <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. Um, it's uh, your brand new book. Uh, it's been out for a couple of months. Yes, and uh, why I stand? Okay, why do you stand? Well, it's interesting because we it's, it's very topical. Obviously, we've been going through these last three years where the NFL has uh, allowed their the players to demean our flag. Boy, and, no kidding. Yeah, and it's, it's, we'll talk about that as we get through this. There's a reason for that, but but the most important thing uh, is that we have, a, as a country, a great history. We have a great past together as, as Americans. And the things we've overcome together is remarkable if we ever knew about it. So right. if, we, if we understood what we've, what our past was about when things were tough, we can really have a much stronger vision of what our future can be because things, opportunities are everywhere. So why I stand is, is actually in the book, <clears throat> the book cover you see a young man who's kneeling, and then behind him there's a, there's a flag on the left side and there's, there's Abraham Lincoln on the right. It's all to say that as we stand for our country, stand for our culture, stand for who we are as a people, the fact we're sitting here today together talking the way we are right now, this is what America's all about, <clears throat> that we'll teach our kids to, uh, first of all, young men to know who they are, to kneel and pray, and when they get up, to go to work. Uh, that's what American Way is all about. So it's not kneeling in protest, it's kneeling in praise for God in heaven and a great country they've been blessed to, to be raised in, to make the difference that we can all make just by making a, a strong stand for those good issues. Well, when you see the turmoil uh, around the world, and now it's starting to you know infiltrate here into the U.S., it seems like the world is gradually coming into the U.S. when it used to be we were going the other direction. Yeah. Um, you're more optimistic than I on uh, the future. Yeah. Uh, because uh, really, if we come together here in the U.S., that should lead us into a brighter future. It, it does. And, and I'll tell you why I'm optimistic. Um, I, I was very fortunate as I was growing up to just to, to kind of get taught in the history. I mean, I was really brought into that in a big way. And I know that this country has been put here for a purpose. Uh, we're, we've been blessed to have uh, be in a place that's, that's hidden for eons, to have on two sides, east and west. We have great oceans and north and south, right. great countries. And God has put this country in place and our people, we the people together, to make a difference. Uh, I think that our country has embraced that. The Judeo-Christian values is why the greatest, greatest country in the history of mankind. And I don't think he's done with us. I think we have so many good people here that are trying to do the, thing, right, thing, the, the, the right things the right way. That yes, we, we do get frustrated because mm-hmm. we can't quite understand why people can think the way they do and not be uh, a, a, a really, a, I guess, appreciative of who we are. But this all comes down to education. One thing that Karl Marx said back in the 1800s, the first battleground is the rewriting of history. If socialists, Marx, and atheists steal our history, that's when we lose. So we just get our history back, and we, I think we can all be optimistic of what we can accomplish. Well, that's a battle that we've uh, been losing uh, for quite a number of years, and we've let it a little <laughs> at a time get farther and farther away from us, right? I mean, we've gone, ah, oh, it's just that. Don't worry about you, it. Boy, and, have you just hit it on the head. What happened is that most of us out building, producing, 
taking care of our kids, yeah. watching them grow, yeah. being proud of what they're becoming. We're so focused on producing that we forget the left isn't that way. No, they're they, not. They're focused on, on infiltrating stealth and, uh, and undermining everything they can get. So they go through soft belly. They go to the the uh, academia where they can get they can get jobs and can't get fired. They go to bureaucracies where they can get a job and not get fired. Uh, they go to entertainment where they can make money and not get fired. So at the end of the day, they are have always been very focused for over a century yeah. of undermining our country to take away those foundations of God, family, and country. And now we're just finally seeing it and rewriting that of that history. Exactly. So we're now seeing it, and thank goodness we have a president who is standing against, he's drawn, he's drawn a red line. The first would say, we will stand for our flag, and I don't care who you are. If you're an NFL player, you're not all that. At least stand for our flag and be appreciative. If you don't, then we're going to say we don't like it. And the American people have joined them in that, and that's why they have tried to quiet it down a little bit. And I hope that's true. Um, I feel like uh, they've kind of. Uh, I mean, we can. We'll veer into the NFL yeah. then. I'm good with that. I, I'm. I'm happy to talk NFL with you. Um, you know, the. Uh, uh, it appears that they have quieted down a little, although. You know, they've done. They really haven't done anything other than just say, you know, well, we're going to try this and we're going to try that, and you know, the networks have said, well, we won't air this and we won't air that, but they didn't air that much of it anyway. No, what to uh, begin with? What they've done. Uh, and what I would uh, uh, appreciate from the NFL is an apology. Yeah. The leftists do, they make a mess and they move on and they leave a mess behind them. What I like for the NFL is an apology for three years of dividing our country, <clears throat> of acting they like sure leftists, and, uh, and, and then atoning by it <clears throat> by making sure we see our flag every chance we get a chance and make sure those young men stand because that's the environment they're setting in. They're working for a company that should say, stand for our flag, respect our culture, or we will fire you. Well, and that that was that was the way. I mean, we've argued that point here uh, uh, on this network and on this show uh, for a number of times, you know, over the years. Yep. Simply for what happened to, uh, I agree to work for you, uh, and now you expect something from me. Yeah. If I don't like that, then I can go work someplace else. I I'm not supposed to be able to say tough. Yeah. You can't get rid of me. I don't understand that, and I and I understand. I I get the fight of, uh, uh, you know, we all have rights, but not when you're. I mean, you've already given away. You're working for someone. Well, here's the deal: you have globalists. The NFL is a group of globalists. Uh, the reason why they put up with this mess is because they have 68 countries that they have a in, uh, a a niche into: China, France, Russia. I mean, not Russia, but uh, uh, Mexico. <clears throat> they don't mind demeaning the American brand because it's attractive to Chinese people. It's Chinese Those attractive are for markets people, for them, and they want to get there. So uh, understand that NBA understands they have no place else to go but the United States. So they made sure those there's there's more there's 90 percent of the NBA is um is black black Americans. There's less the seven percent of, of the uh, black Americans in the NFL, so you you would think that the NBA would be leading this charge of kneeling, but they don't because they made it very clear to their players: you stand, you respect your customers, you respect our culture, or we will fire you, find you, so that you will understand that. So you don't see any of those guys in the NBA kneeling. If the NFL had done the same thing, they do have. They, we do get a lot of questionable remarks from coaches and players. Oh from yeah, that, that, though. questionable is different than uh, than kneeling when the flag is flying. I mean, they're they, for it. They're oh, yeah. obviously for they're it. They're for it, but guess what? They didn't do it because they no, know they there's not. consequences. That's... And the difference is this: that when I, when we see young people that are successful, uh, they are they're they're looked at as heroes, 
And then this, this, disrespecting our flag, guess what? It's a message to our kids. Sure is. The message to our kids should always be, this is a place of opportunity. Be thankful who you are, and let's move on and make great things happen. That is, every generation of American has done that. That has been their responsibility to the next generation. We're the first that's allowing these people to demean the dreams of our kids coming up so they're less hopeless, more angry, more racist, because they think there's a country, because the heroes have told them that, that even though you made millions of dollars, this is a country that is, is that's going to stop me from being successful. Yeah. So you're, that's, you're, that's what you're a superstar, and, and you're and, still a slave. You're and, still seeing yourself as a slave. And, you, and believe it or not, there are people seeing that. But here, here's something that's interesting. You have uh, the commissioner just signed a new contract for $40 million per year. That's a good Only, gig. That's a good gig. <laughs> <laughs> Only 10% of that is guaranteed. So the rest of that has to go, how is he going to get the rest of that in, uh, incentive when his marketplace went from $13 billion three years ago and it's going down south? It sure has. He has to go internationally. He has to go to, to London, have a Super Bowl game there. He has to go to China. They have to, matter of fact, put up a, a Nike. They, 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 catch, they, they, they connect with Nike. So Nike now, the face yeah. of Nike is Kaepernick. Yeah. He's a Marxist. Well, China loves that. They love the fact that the Marxists is the, the, the face right. of the NFL. So they're going to accept the NFL, and that's where they're going to make more of their money. That's where they see it. So we have to understand that the fight is not done. They understand they were not winning the way they were going, so they, they decided to pull back. They back up here in Understand the Marxists and Marxists will always be Marxists. So those folks who have done that to our country have demeaned our, our, our flag and, and uh, made it tougher for our, our, this community to succeed they have not changed their ways. We have to understand who they are. Well, and they haven't, right? I mean, we've talked about how uh, how they've. Uh, it's a gradual thing. The last hundred years, right? right. How they've just uh, <laughs> infiltrated a little at a time, a little at a time, and we let it happen because we said, "Oh, it's just that. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just that." Let me. Let me I gotta uh, go to work. Just leave <laughs> there we alone. go. There we go. Let me just uh, share real, real quick. I think you, we might have talked this last time we got together, but NAACP uh, started up in nineteen ten. National. Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Right. Okay. I want your audience to know that NWC was not started by colored people. It was started by 21 white socialist Marxist atheist, atheist race controlled Democrats. Amazing. And they put a black face in front as facade, which is what liberals do, because that was the, that were, right. they were from behind the curtains trying to get into our, my community. It worked. My, my community, it worked very well. My community in early 1900s, keep this in mind, 1905, Tuskegee University, started by Booker T. Washington, Alabama was producing more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined in 1905. In 1905, 16 countries came to Tuskegee to learn about the agriculture because they were breaking through with pioneer stuff. The first Amazing. female self-made millionaire in this country was a black woman right. in 1915. So this was what I remember happening. that story. Fascinating. This was what Nobody was happening. knows it, though. No one knows it because they're taking away our history. Our race was the, the strongest, most progressive moving forward in a progressive and positive way. <laughs> Moving forward race, and they undermined by taking away our family. They took away, they're taking away God. Those things that make a difference. And here we have, now we're on the very bottom of the totem pole with every bit of misery because leftists have done that to us. They're trying to do the same thing for our country, and we just had, need to fight, fight back about, against that. Well, this is where I lose my, uh, you've got me feeling optimistic again. <laughs> okay. and this is where I lose my <laughs> optimism that, that. because uh, it, that battle mm-hmm. is uh, never ending. When, when you, uh, you feel like you're making a difference and you say, okay, well, uh, the president now has drawn a line. Well, we've just got off of, well, we've got two or three years of President Trump, but the last eight years, yeah. more, most definitely with President Obama, while it helped a lot of people, many of us, learn our history better. Uh, because he would say things like, 
That can't be true. And uh, it's half true. There were facts in there that get muddled up, the Obama facts. But it did make everyone look, not everyone, it made a lot of people look back at history and say, wait, that's not true. This is the way it happened. Boy, have you just nailed it. But now... Uh, you know, we're that's a that's an uphill battle, and we're still fighting. Everybody wants to let everyone into the country. We want open borders. It doesn't matter, and so we're fighting. We're fighting. A, I mean, we've got fronts everywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's first of all let's talk about the black community because you're right. Uh, first of all, we got hit pretty hard, and even harder during the Obama days. Yes. The greatest present to the black community was President Trump because they showed him how bad liberalism was. He was one of the worst presidents, the worst president for the black community ever. And it could have been just the opposite, which I know know we can cry about that forever, but it could have been so much The American people were waiting for someone like him, and he failed us. But here we have a a, a country, the last few years with the black community, uh, uh, 75% of the black boys in the state of California cannot pass standard reading and writing tests. This was 2017. You have 83% of black teen males during the eight years of Obama could not find jobs. You have, you have the abortion rate going up like crazy. You look at all those negative uh, indicators. Lost. Well, here, here's the good news. Because he was so terrible, because he was a mess, many black people who had hope found out at the end of the day, wait a minute, nothing's changed. I'm worse off than worse. now than I was before. So all of a sudden, President Trump comes along, and not that he, he says everything right, and he's going, everything is, is going kind of crazy in terms of how he's being portrayed, but here's the deal. 16% of black Americans were for Canada Trump. Now 36% of black Americans are for President Trump because they're seeing jobs coming back. They're seeing uh, prison reform being talked about, which is, we see education being addressed. People just need to see real results and they get hope. And I don't care what the narrative is right. for the left and the leftists and trying to excuse it all at the end of the day, when people can look at their, 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 their bank accounts, look at the fact they're having jobs, seeing the positive impact of going out and feeling good again, they're going to continue to, that's who we are as Americans. We're going to we continue to trend, trend in that direction. That's one of the, I mean, that's one, if not the main thing that makes America great, that the other countries <laughs> don't understand. I mean, going out and having a positive effect and being able to come to a man's house is his castle, back that's to right. your castle, back to your castle. Not the king's castle, your yeah. castle. I mean, that's well, that's America. I'll, I'll say, uh, I, I, can, I can summarize America in two words, <clears throat> education, ownership. We are people that loves education because that empowers us to think outside the box. Ownership is not so much that everybody has to have their own business, but owning no, our own future. That's the, Same, Ameri- the American dream is what you make of it. That's what, your dream. Being accountable to our actions and recognize when I make a mistake, I'm going to own up to it and make a difference because I own that now. I'm not going to go there again because I can control it. That ownership is something that's so unique about America that we sometimes forget that. We take for granted. We come in here, we, we have our conversations like this, we might mess up, say, you know what, I'm going to do a little bit better next time because I want to make sure I'm even better at what I do. Right. That's what America is all about. We're always continually improving ourselves because we look inside that we are the answers to our, to our own issues. Okay, so uh, your word uh, is you know, outstanding, and you're touring the country, <laughs> you're writing books, you're, you know, uh, you're a, a famous man, a known face, a known name. Um, are you even allowed on college campuses in America <laughs> uh, to preach that's, that's, a little bit of your word? That's, that's interesting. Uh, I, have, I haven't had a chance to go on, on, uh, on college campuses. They do allow it. Yeah. It does happen, yeah. that's what you're saying. But what's interesting, the one of the last <laughs> one I went to, is, is how our kids now, our black kids, are not being taught about respect, 
not being taught about critical thinking. Uh, and it's interesting to go to a college campus <clears throat> and, uh, and, and have the kind of pushback when I tell somebody you can make it, you, this is a country you can be good, and they see that as an insult. They see, uh, they see the fact that I talk about me being the patriarch of my family. I'm the guy that's going to make sure my family is protected, that they're provided for, that my kids have a great future. I am the man. And that's I'm, what I'm here for. I'm here talking to you because I'm doing that. that. And that's exactly what manhood, men who don't do that lose their confidence. They lose, their, they lose everything who they are. And that's what the leftist wants to have happen. And it's just saying that I had a young man that stood up and said that that, that, that was being sexist. All I can do is say, well, I'm just glad my daughter didn't marry you because that Amen. would be that would be a miserable that would be a miserable I would be a miserable dad at that point. <laughs> I can be I can very, very I can I can be very proud to say that. And I've always said to my, my kids, I have five girls, one boy. My goal in life is to teach my son how to be a man and teach my five girls how to recognize one. And I'm so pleased as I looked around. I was just out in Disney World. My kids uh, a couple days ago where it's very warm, by the way. <laughs> very hot. I spent a lot right of now. years in Florida. Florida. I know, yeah. yes. And I can say, I looked and I saw my kids and I said, man, my girls have done good. And my son is a good guy. He's See? a good man. And that, that makes it all work out, work out. And I mean, that again, that is the American dream, right? It's not becoming it, it, a billionaire and yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> flying around in jets. And Our, uh, the American dream, the American, I said American way is leaving a legacy. What's made our country great from the very, very beginning is what those parents would do to make sure their kids had a better chance, a better opportunity, uh, more hope, and they were so proud of their kids that they outdid them. Yes. That's what, uh, that's what you know, we, we, talk, yes. we talk about this, we began, we talk about how proud yes. you are of your son and, yes. and what they're doing now. That's the way parents have always been. This now, because socialists, Marxists, and atheists are trying to take over, it's just reverse. They're telling our kids what they can't do how miserable life will be for them. And these kids are growing up thinking, well, my parents did it, but I can't do it. That is not the American way. They tried. When my son was in college a few years ago, they tried. Yeah. They, I mean, they, <laughs> they did their best to beat it out of them. And, uh, you know, I mean, even for, for a, a long time, I've been hanging around this guy, Glenn Beck, that owns a silly <laughs> network. And, uh, you know, people would start bad-mouthing in class, in yeah. his college classes. And yeah. he's either like, well, you know, I mean, I know him. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that was, well, you know, you know, and he, and here's the thing: um, as a, what leftists do, they're they're bullies and cowards. I'll always understand this about these people: they're bullies and they're cowards. They go to the soft belly. They go where people do not push them. They go where they have this safe job and safe environment, and tell everybody that 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 you can't you, you can't tread on their territory or you're you're, you're being too aggressive. Right. They're the ones. It was the it was the leftists that wore the white hoods. They're the leftists today that wear the black mask. They're the leftists today that get into IRS and, and, and start to intimidate people who want to have free, free, uh, free voice. This is the way the leftists work. So understanding that our fight today is not against black and white. It's not rich and poor, old and young. It's that Judeo-Christian values has made us the greatest country in the history of mankind, which allows us to be free which allows every single generation to get better. So we're sitting here today not even thinking about our colors. We're different colors. I don't know if you knew that. But we're not thinking oh about it. Oh, my gosh. It. We're, we're <laughs> not thinking it. about it because we, it doesn't matter. 
We see our inside. We see our character. The only thing I'm really mad at you about is wearing a stupid ring ring in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad I got it back when I could do it. I could could do it because there's no ring to happen now. Uh, Burgess is wearing his Super Bowl ring, which is frustrating for me. It sure looks nice on him, though. Well, I have to let people know when I show this that, yes, the Raiders used to win football games a long time ago. ago. (laughs) I thought they'd win some with John Gruden, too, because this year, too. I know. But anyway, we we don't need to talk about teams. That's fine. Okay. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to uh, uh, the American dream is the greatest gift we can give to our kids. And for men who are not doing that, don't, don't look in the mirror and ever call yourself a man again. If you cannot encourage your kids to man up, overcome the obstacles, become better, look at yourself and improve, you can't do that. You're not the man that's, that's the kind of man to make this country great. We're talking to Burgess Owens, and you can uh, check it out at uh, BurgessOwensTalks.com. So um, a few things that uh, that are you know driving a huge wedge in uh, the country today, and we, we talked a little bit about it, it's, is, uh, and it all kind of boils back to what you were saying. But, I mean, we have, you know, we have uh, controversy over uh, the N-word. We have controversy. Everything that everyone does is uh, racist. But everything that everything does, really, that racism uh, always is shouted from someone who is in a place that you talked about that is a, a safe place. Yeah. Uh, you're attacking me, so you must be racist. Yeah, I'm in my safe space. Yeah. You're a racist. Well, the problem is this. We have uh, our country being divided by racists so who call other people racist. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, and, and I'll, I'll say this, up until Obama days, our country was drifting in such a positive uh, way. I thought so, too. Um, and we can, we can joke about our differences. We can have, so we have comedy about our differences. And then Obama came along, and he made PC such a strong factor. Uh, whereas my kids now are, are, are looking around and say, what happened, Dad? And I mean, they, they grew up just thinking color's no big deal. All yeah. of a sudden they look around and it's and a, now it no is. big deal. So, all so over again. It's all over. That is the goal of the leftists. Now keep this in mind. Uh, there's a book written, uh, written called The Seven Miracles of Saved America uh, by Chris Stewart. Great book. Little things yeah, yeah. that happened along the way. Uh, I believe November 8th, 2016 was the eighth miracle to save our nation because we as a people— not, not knowing that we had a, an imperfect uh, candidate, but we decided that we were going to go with President Trump, make Donald Trump our president versus Hillary Clinton. That changed the trajectory of our country in yes, such a big did. way because we would not be the country now talking about God and the flag and, 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 and closing the borders and saving our country because the leftists would have won the battle. So I'm, I'm optimistic, a couple of things, because I know that we still have a great uh, a great place in this in, in this world, our country. But more important, I look back on our history and I see how these miracles always happen along the way, including the fact that we have a President Trump. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I go others. to uh, I go to Candace. Uh, uh, I go to BurgessOwens.com, dot com, and uh, I uh, I see uh, the rotating squares of words. So uh, those those four <laughs> words are uh, expect, risk, care, dream. Yeah. Let's break them down. Okay. Expect. Well, first, it's, 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 it's dream more, expect more, risk more, and care more. Um, <clears throat> what, what Americans have done the best of all the things we've done, we've figured out a way to reach outside ourselves, our own problems, and even to the midst of some tough times, figure out how can I help somebody else. That is America in, in a nutshell. Uh, it, it was my great-great-grandfather escaping in South Carolina and coming to the southern route of the Underground Railroad and being facilitated by German and Mexican-Americans along the way, not knowing they were coming, not phoning ahead, 
they show up and all of a sudden people say, you know what, I'm going to feed them. I'm going to clothe them. I'm going to give them Someone's at my door that needs help. And, and I'll never see them again. And, and if you think about how this country's always done that, if we continue to, to continue to do that, not look at ourselves and we'll get out of it, but learn how to dream bigger because we have a big God and that's what he expects of us. Learn how to expect more out of life because we're giving and giving. We know that the blessings come back to us. Yes. Learn how to risk more, which means it's always not, it's, we're not looking for the safe space that the, the leftists do. We look yeah, down on the edge and we will speak our voices because we take a risk. We'll take a chance and start to... A, a process, a business of our own, doing whatever we have to do and say, you know, I know I can make it if I work hard enough, if I overcome, I know I can do it. Yeah. And we, 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 we get through that process and in the process of doing that, I think empathy comes out of it. And I tell you, this is a country that's full of empathy and because we are, we care more than any other nation in the history of mankind. Burgess Owens, you're, uh, you're winning me over. You're winning me over with optimism. I mean, you're, you're fighting for the hearts and minds and souls of Americans. And, and you know, the thing is, look, when people talk about um, the successes of African-Americans, the successes of Mexican-Americans, the successes of Japanese-Americans, whatever minority, but that really is the success that counts. It, it lifts everybody up. I, I don't know why it ta- we have to tear it down. Uh, when someone else succeeds. And here's, here's why our history is so important. You, you just nailed it. Um, what happens with Americans, we assimilate. That's who we are. We come to this country, and all of a sudden, yes, I am, I'm black. It's important to know that because when I show up, okay, you know, I yeah. you know I who it. I am. <laughs> but I'm an American first. And Americans who understand that the price paid for those in our past our ancestors, they all paid the same price so we can get to the point that we have the, the, the excitement we have today. <clears throat> and if given hope, opportunity, and freedom, I don't care who you are, you come to this country, as, as I talked with my great-great-grandfather, very successful entrepreneur, did great things. He ended up becoming, uh, uh, owned his own 100 acres of land and paid off in, two, in two, two years. Started the first black church, the first black elementary. Uh, Pillar of his community. I feel Republican. like such a loser. <laughs> Well, keep this in mind. Here's a guy who showed up, who arrived here in the the belly of a slave ship, but it realized the American dream is I will risk more, care more, dream more, and expect Expect more. more. (laughs) Thank you. All right. In the process of doing that, he lived the American dream. And I'll say this. My dad grew up in a time of uh, Jim Crow uh, segregation, but I think I met my great-great-grandfather to my dad. The same kind of expectations and I hope well, my, it was driven into him, right? I mean, he saw it. He lived he, it. He's, exactly. And I'm hoping my kids will say the same thing about me, that they, they met their great-great-grandfather, their great-great-great-grandfather, their own dad. dad. And that, that is really what we all do, isn't it? We, yes, it we is. have as, I, as dads, we want to do our best for our kids and make it work. Burgess Owens, it was great to see you. Thank you very much Thank for stopping so in. Much. Burgess Owens, the latest book, uh, Why I Stand. And, of course, uh, he, you, can, uh, you can have the uh, – you can have the second book, and they can buy. You can get them in a package. Oh my gosh! The uh, liberalism, um, how to turn good men into whiners, weenies, and whims. Burgess, thank, thank you, you very thank much. Thank you so I much. Love seeing you. Good good to see look you. forward to getting back to Dallas again. Absolutely, for sure. anytime. Okay. Take care. All right.